Fiction Unpacked, where we discuss the pull of the past every week. I'm your host, Allison Treat. I'm an author of historical fiction and a freelance editor. Welcome to my show. Hello, readers, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm sharing my interview with Naomi Craig, author of Biblical Fiction. Her debut novel released in August, and um, it's biblical fiction about Rahab. It's called Rahab's Courage. So the talk in this conversation is a little heavy on the Old Testament, but I hope that most of you are familiar with the events we talk about. And um, if you're not, I hope you'll stick around and still enjoy and learn from what we're talking about. Um, I did want to issue a little bit of a parent's warning, just because we talk briefly, very briefly about um, human trafficking and prostitution. Obviously, if you know Rahab's story in the Bible, you know that she was a harlot. So that comes up a little bit. I just like to give that little bit of warning in case you have young ears in the room. Um, So you can make that choice fully informed. But I truly enjoyed talking to Naomi and getting to know her. And I just love her message regarding mental health that um, comes forward in this book about Rahab. And I can't wait for you guys to get to know her also. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Naomi Craig. Naomi, I'm so glad you could join me on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, your debut novel, Rahab's Courage, released on August 17. First of all, congratulations on your debut. Yay, thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> it has it has some really good reviews already, and I read the beginning, so it's exciting. It's like a really exciting um, start to the book. Um, can you tell me about this novel? Yeah, so Rahab's Courage is historical fiction written in bi- biblical times, Bible times, mm-hmm. Um I don't like the genre is titled biblical fiction. You know, I don't, I don't believe the Bible is fiction. So um, in no way is it meant to replace or take away from the Bible. But I just, I look at, I have a habit of going into um, reading the scriptures and then I just scan, you know, okay, so-and-so did such and such, but to see biblical fiction, like it it can kind of give like a, it brings the people to life and it for me and it and it shows that these are real people who God chose and God used in special ways, you know, so it, it kind of brings it alive to me. Um, so Rahab's courage takes place during the book of Joshua um, in uh, the Israelites are just coming over in Canaan and they're faced with this walled city of Jericho and you probably are familiar with the battle mm-hmm. of Jericho where the Israelites yes. walk around for seven days and, and then just shout and then the, the city falls down. But um, the Lord um, uses a, a harlot named Rahab to kind of help get an edge up um, or it's, you know, it really doesn't show what, she helps them with in the Bible. It just says she hid them. Um, but why are they spying out? So I imagine that she gave a layout of the city and she gave like mm. the hiding places of what, you know, what, where all the people would be bunkering down in the midst of an attack and stuff like that. So um, it, she's only mentioned in Joshua chapter two and Joshua chapter six. Um, but then she is actually, her faith is so profound that it's, it's, spoken of through Hebrews and through James, and she's actually in Jesus's lineage. Um, So it's Mm. neat to see this woman who 
was a complete mess, you know, a hot mess. And the Lord used her for a greater purpose. So um, it just kind of goes through her acclimation into the Israelite community. Um, I mean, it seems like she would be well received because she helped the spies and, and all this, but you know, the Israelites just on the other side of the Jordan River just got themselves in trouble um, and 24,000 uh, people died from a plague because they got involved with harlots and ate the right. idolatrous food. So it's I kind of had like, they're going to be suspicious in my mind, you know, why why were we going to trust a harlot, you know? So mm-hmm. um, she has a rough go of it, but um, it's also a romance. Um, her biblical mm-hmm. husband is the Salma. Um, he, they are the parents of Boaz, who is Ruth's right. husband. So, um, it's, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's seeing how he lived as in this culture of, you know, the Lord's law is the only way. And this is, you know, is very black and white. And so how does a guy who's this strict on the rules end up with a foreign woman, which is not allowed and a harlot, which is, I mean, it's, it's a kind of a double no-no. So how do you get someone, how do these two people mix and right. mesh their lives? So, Yeah, so interesting. Um, what, what was your inspiration? What made you think, I want to write about Rahab? Well, I had, um, in the Bible, the spies are not named. So I had this thought, well, what if, what if one of the spies was... Um, her biblical husband, Salma. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I, you know, I kind of played around with that. And actually, apparently everybody in the (laughs) biblical fiction world has done the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Rahab is a very common biblical fiction. I didn't know this at the time. Even Francine Rivers has written about Rahab. So it was, it's nothing new, nothing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I I hope that the Lord can use my take on it um, because it, it, it deals with mental health. And, you know, the baggage that Harlot would have had as she gets out of that lifestyle. And, you know, of course, the Pharisaical approach of Salma. So um, I, I'm trusting the Lord will use it for its <laughs> purpose because yes, it's not a new story. Right. But um, it's a, a different take on it. So I'm curious, since you say there are so many stor- stories written about Rahab, did you read them as you were researching or did you try to stay away from them so you didn't um, not get until, distracted? From yeah, them? not until after I was, well, what I thought was done, you know, at the time, you know, I had the, the story structured out. So I didn't read them until after I had the story structured out. So right. it, it still had a long way to go from from that point to publication. But, you know, the story at least was not borrowed from somebody else, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good idea. Um, so your author's note in the beginning of the book warns about heavy subjects, um, prostitution, rape, and post-traumatic stress. Um, how did you figure out how to manage those subjects? So I've had a heart for, um, you know, um, sex trafficking is still very mm. alive um, today, oh, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and right. so I've had a heart for these these. Um, it's not just women, but these these people, these women and children um, mm-hmm. who are in this. And, and um, you know, I, I, my mom worked with a, a, a rescue 
center. She wrote grants, you know, so I was kind of aware of this and it just, you know, I feel like that's not something that most people can just get over cold Turkey, you know, like I struggle and I, I mean, I've not had anything by this means traumatic happen to me, you know, but I, you know, I don't, Mm-hmm. If I have something that I'm hanging on to or working through from the past, I'm still working through it, you know, however many years later. So I just wanted to honor the people who struggle um, because I know it's not just a one and done, you know, okay, you're getting help. So you're going to be fine. No, not necessarily. You know, it's um, this is can be a lifelong battle and I know the Lord delivers and that's amazing. But sometimes this is the thorn in our flesh that we have to deal with forever you know it's not it's not a one and done so i wanted to honor those who struggle with that and to fight with that and to to um give them you know to show just how amazing it is that they struggle with mental health and yet they show up every day and they keep going forward so i think that's the highest level of courage actually so yeah for sure so you may have already answered this in that answer, but what do you want readers to take away from this novel? Is there anything else besides? Um, I would love to see, you know, a, maybe a little bit more understanding for those who are struggling with mental health because it's mm-hmm. an internal thing. It's not like a broken leg where you can say, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to ask you to run a marathon. It's a, it's an internal, <laughs> well, why, why aren't you doing this? You don't look broken. Right. You know? <laughs> um, so that would be one thing is to have a better understanding. Um, but also to know that God's plan is bigger. And even if you are going through something terrible, um, the Bible says that all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And he's not going to leave you. Um, so many times in Joshua, the Lord tells Joshua specifically, yes, but I do weave it into Rahab's courage. Um, be strong and of good courage. You know, I will never leave you or mm-hmm. forsake you. You know, the Lord is always with you. Um, so, it's, you know, the, your mess can be a message and your your trials can be a testimony. And the Lord can use that to help somebody else through it too. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. So Rahab's Courage is the first installment of your Yahweh's Legacy series. Can you tell us about the rest of the series? Yeah, absolutely. The um, The next book is, um, it's not a chronological series, so it's not happening mm-hmm. directly after. Um, the next book is actually about Ezekiel, um, the prophet oh. Ezekiel and his wife. So, um, it's, it's oh wow! I'm reading Ezekiel. Are you really? Now, so just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who reads Ezekiel like that? What you know of Ezekiel is like the wheel within a wheel, oh, and like yes. the prophetic and the the you know the new kingdom and the dry bones and like it's just such a it's such a like it's hard to touch. It's like whoa, it's crazy. What is this? What is this stuff that we're talking about here? You know? Yeah. Um, but I was reading it in a Bible plan uh, a couple of years back, and I'm like, okay, well, that's that's pretty interesting. But then I saw um, his message. He's already, so there's three deportations from Jerusalem to Babylon. The first one is like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The second one Mm -hmm. has Ezekiel in it. So they're out in Babylon. um, But his message, Ezekiel's 
<clears throat> message is primarily for those back in Jerusalem. How is he going right. to get? How is he going to get this word back to Jerusalem? You know, so that started the the thoughts, and then I'm I keep reading, and and he's like paralyzed for um, about fourteen months. He's one day for each year that Israel strayed, and one day for each year that Judah strayed. So that's he has to be like on his side. He right? has to be on his left yeah. side for for. Um, for Israel and his right side for Judah. So that's like about yes. 14 months that he is like basically <laughs> paralyzed. And then you right. keep reading and he is also struck mute for seven mm-hmm. years. Like how in the world does he get his message when he has got this personal physical affliction? Um, he can speak as the Lord gives him a prophecy. He can, mm-hmm. the Lord does open his mouth, but uh, up until then, like what, how, how in this? So I uh, keep reading a little bit further and he has a wife. So my husband is a pastor. And mm. um, so I can kind of see that ministry, the ministry wife side of it. So um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're reading Ezekiel, you probably know what's going to happen, but uh, I guess it's not right. a spoiler if it's in the Bible, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when you said that Salma and um, Rahab get married. I was like, oh, don't spoil it. But I was like, well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I guess anybody can find that out. (laughs) I think, yeah, it's kind of got the, it's kind of got the romance pattern too. You kind of know they're going to end up together (laughs) if you haven't read it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. The point of this is if you don't want spoilers, don't read the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, please read the Bible. <laughs> right. Yeah. Check me on this. Check and see if this lines up because that that is my ultimate goal. Is the scripture is accurate? So I, I hope. Yes. <laughs> I hope it does send you to the Bible. Right. So y- your first one's about Rahab. Your second one's about Ezekiel. Are you just? Is there any pattern to what you're choosing in the Bible for this series? Are you planning other books after Ezekiel? Yeah, there's one more. There's one more contracted. So uh, when I when I contracted um, Rahab's Courage, it was I was already in the process of working on Ezekiel, um, and so that was Ezekiel was contracted on <clears throat> sight unseen, and then there's a third one in the in the book. So what I like mm-hmm. to do um, is I see those random tidbits. Um, that would kind of interrupt the genealogy or, you know, something like that. And you're like, wait, hold on. What now? What is the story behind this? You know, um, I see those and that, that's what sparks um, stories for me. So I'm, I'm still praying Mm -hmm. and I'm going to speak with my publisher about what they, you know, what they would, because I don't have one specific yet, you know, so I want to see if they have one based off of my list of random trivia that they would like to see for book number three. So yeah. Okay. So what is your research and writing process like? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So for Rahab's Courage, um, there's not a whole lot historically written um, for mm-hmm. that time period. Um, so that that's um, limited to some degree. Of course, you know who, um, you can find out who uh, Rahab's child is. Um, if you're reading the Bible and you're familiar with the Bible, you can find mm-hmm. out um you can find out who Salma's father was. Um, he was actually in numbers. He was one of the leaders of, Ju- he was the leader of the tribe of Judah as they leave Egypt, um, Nashon. Uh, so 
we've got, you can kind of see who people are based off of who their family is. Um, right. So I can do that. Um, she's obviously mentioned um, in Matthew and Jesus's lineage. She's mentioned in, in Hebrews and James. So I, you know, I'm trying to take that. Uh, as far as looking at what the culture is like, I, it's again, wouldn't be the right time period. And how would anyone know? Because you don't have video cameras back then, but like watching um, like, movies that are biblical biblical movies mm-hmm. you know like uh this is obviously new testament but the chosen tv series right. um, you can kind of look at how people lived their life i mean obviously that was still a few thousand years difference but you can kind of get the you get a better feel yeah. for it than going off of modern modern oh yeah conveniences and stuff so um, now, as far as Ezekiel goes, there's a lot more historically written um, mm-hmm. about Babylonian chronicles. There's like even Josephus talks about um, yes. the exiles and stuff like that. So there's a lot more um, Jewish tradition and stuff like that. So it's mm-hmm. given a bigger, uh, more fuller area to research. Um, but there's still some gaps. Like I, one of a lot of Ezekiel takes place in. Um, Solomon's temple um, before they get exported um, or exiled. Um, And so there's, you know, I want to make sure that I've got an accurate picture, at least in my head of what the temple grounds look like and stuff like that. But there's a lot of different, there's a lot of varying um, ideas on (laughs) on what that is. So you just really have to choose one and stick with it, you know, so you get like, are the musicians risers here? Are they over here? Where's the, where is the court of the women? You know, that sort of thing. So. Mm-hmm. Right. So interesting. Um, I just, when I think about research, I write more recent historical fiction. So when I think about trying to figure out everything about that time period in, in Bible times, it, um, you know, thousands of years ago. Yeah. Just seems like so daunting. <laughs> yeah. And that's where, that's where other, um, other biblical fiction works are really helpful yes. too, because you can tell that this person has done their research and um, mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily uh, read the same character, uh, but reading other right. books in the genre can can kind of give a, a picture into the way of life um, and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So, oh, this person has been to um, this person has been to Babylon. Well, how do they describe it? Even though it's not necessarily the the same person in the Bible, it's like, oh, okay, well, we're going to go with this as Babylon or, you know, <laughs> that, sort right. of, that sort of thing. So have you traveled to the Ho- Holy Land in the past? No, I have not. No. Okay. I wish that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I just always wonder if um, authors have gone to the the location of their novels. So do you, do you get a travel for your, where are yours set? I, well, yes, I have so far. Um, my one published novel is set in Roswell, Georgia and, um, in Pennsylvania. So it it wasn't hard to get there. Um, and then the others, I've written two other manuscripts and they are, I have traveled to both of those locations. One is Baltimore and, um, one is Slovakia, which I, I was, I didn't travel there for research, but I had been there in the past. So I was able to use what I knew from that trip. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, I like to do, I can't say that I always will be able to, especially, yeah. um, you know, this, this past year travel was yeah. very difficult. So <laughs> you <laughs> never know. We have Google maps. and <laughs> Yes. Yes. Definitely. Um, so Naomi, have you always loved to write? How did you get started? As a, uh, I, as a you know, I haven't actually, it was, it was just, mm. you know, playing with that was one of these spies. What if it was, what if it was Rahab's biblical husband? Um, you know, and, and that just kind of, I learned a lot on the go. So it's been a, oh. it was rough, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, I just, I just, I love God's word and I love reading and finding mm-hmm. those random trivias like, Oh, Elisha made an X head float. That's pretty cool. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I love learning those little things. So, um, so I just, I just started trying to learn as much as I could and taking some courses online and, and, um, it's, it's so helpful to have when I thought it was ready, you know, the best I could do, I, I submitted it to some beta readers and got some excellent feedback and applied that. And when I thought mm-hmm. it was ready, I, you know, I um, actually joined up with a critique group and yeah. I submitted it to them and got some excellent feedback and applied it, you know, so I really just write the best novel that you can um, and learn. And, and, you know, if, if it's going to happen, then it's going to be a lot of work, but mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty amazing when God opens that door. Yes, totally. So can you kind of walk me through that process? How, when did you start writing the book? And then um, when did things happen with the publisher? How did that hold? So uh, Rahab's Courage, I was, I started that, let's see here. Um, It was, it was easily, it was probably about four or five years ago um, that I mm-hmm. started it um, because, again, I didn't know what writing should look like, you know, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, and then just last May, it got it got um, it got contracted. Okay. With and Lit, how did? So. Yeah, with Celebrate Lit. So how did you um, come to that point? How like when did you start sending it out and? Um, I actually started sending again, I, I joined up with a critique group, um, a fantastic group of ladies, actually none of them write biblical fiction, but, um, Mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, one of it's, um, they write contemporary, um, Donna can write Bible studies and she writes fantasy and historical and, you know, whatever, you know, some of them are indie published, some of them are traditionally, um, Mm -hmm. but we just, we just all have our own strengths. And I'm learning so much from them. Obviously, I'm the I'm the <laughs> I'm the one they need to train. Uh, You're the newbie. I'm the newbie, um, and so it's just so amazing um, with that. So then, several of a couple of them have been published with Celebrate Lit. So they're like, "Oh, you should check this out." And so um, oh. that was, Celebrate Lit was actually the first um, okay. publisher I queried. Actually, so I had another query wow. in, and it didn't hear back from them. But then, about a month later. Um, I got an email and saying we'd love to publish it. So great. It's pretty exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so did you have another career or was being a pastor's wife enough of a career? Because I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've worked, um, I've stayed at home for, um, my daughter is, is 11 now. So since she mm-hmm. was about two, I've been at home. 
Um, and I, before, um, before, so we've been at this church for about three years. And before that, we, I was very active in like, there's a Bible club at the school and just, just a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause my husband was working full time, um, with, um, with another job and then with the church on, wow, on yeah. weekends. So he was extremely busy. So I had to pick up a lot of, a lot of the things going on, um, right. to help support. So again, you'll, you'll see that in, um, uh, in my Ezekiel book. Um, mm. but, uh, it's, uh, so, so once we moved out here three years ago, it was really, really a blessing because there were so many people able-bodied and willing and already serving. So, um, Oh, good. I was able to just kind of step back and and focus on some writing and uh, at the time homeschooling my daughter. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. I've been really, we've been really fortunate that um, we haven't needed a second income for quite some time. So, mm-hmm. that's great. Um, so, do you have plans after you finish writing this series? Do you think you'll keep on with biblical fiction? I think so. Um, I have. I am just kind of waiting to see how it plays out. You know, um, I like I said, I've got these these random the random trivia's that I just need to know the story behind. You know, <laughs> yeah. So I've got I've got a stack of them um, that I think about and. Like it just seems so culturally unusual for this to happen, and why is this happening? And <laughs> why did they make that choice? You know, and right, um, yeah. Um. So this is a question I ask all my guests: How do you think learning about history through story helps us approach life in the present? Um. Well, obviously, the word of the Lord is is timeless, um, and it's relevant for today. Um. But I think for me, when I'm reading biblical fiction. I can see that they're real people. Um, and it's not just a genealogy and a list of names and uh, things that happened a long time ago. I mean, most people who, who knows the difference between Israel and Judah and, you know, stuff like that, who is it, does it really matter? But I think knowing that um, you can definitely see um, the, the, you know, the life history repeats itself. So you can see even back in Bible times, there is people not following the Lord. So they're not, they're going, you know, the, the opposing forces comes in and then they're enslaved and it's kind of a repeated thing. Okay, well, we'll turn to God and then no, we won't. And we're going to get enslaved again, you know, it's just, yeah. kind of a, but it's, it's not, I think there's nothing new under the sun and it's not shocking. Um, it shouldn't be shocking the things that today that we go through and we struggle with because we've been warned and we've been promised and um, we can see history repeating itself through the word of God. So, yeah, that's true. It's really interesting. Even like reading Ezekiel with everything going on in the world yeah, right now, I can see echoes of current events yeah, in the biblical events. Um, and I'm not always entirely sure what it means, but I'm kind of like, asking God for clarity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, are we, are we uh, in this spot as a nation because of, right. something, is it some, it's probably something that we have done. Could be. So, yeah. you know, but again, God is still in control. And even though yes. he allowed, like he gave Judah over to Babylon and to Nebuchadnezzar, 
he still said, pray for the peace of Babylon. Um, mm. J- Jeremiah is a contemporary of Ezekiel. So pray for the peace yes. of Babylon because in their peace, you will have peace, you know. And that's something he says later on in the scripture too is um, pray for those who are above you. You know, like we still have mm-hmm. a responsibility to uphold our our leaders, you know, in prayer, even if they're not making decisions we agree with, you know. It's <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not a surprise to God. <laughs> no. <laughs> he knew this would happen. Yep. Okay, well, Naomi, this has been a great conversation. What is the best way for listeners to follow you? Um, the best way is on my website is naomicraig.com um, mm-hmm. and through my my newsletter. Um, and then you will actually get a free uh, download of my, <clears throat> my novella about Balaam. It's called On Desolate Heights. Uh-huh. I'm also on Instagram. That's most visible. So, Okay. Great. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed chatting with you. So my friends, I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Naomi Craig. Thank you so much for listening to Historical Fiction Unpacked. If you're enjoying the podcast, which if you've listened this long, I am assuming that you are enjoying it, please subscribe or follow the podcast if you have not. Um, Also, if you haven't done so yet, please leave a star rating and review. That really helps people find the podcast. And I want as many lovers of historical fiction to listen as possible. Also, join the Facebook group. It's Historical Fiction Unpacked Podcast Group on Facebook, or you can go to the show notes and find it from there. The show notes are always at alisontreat.com slash blog. That's A-L-I-S-O-N. T-R-E-A-T dot com slash B-L-O-G. So as usual, my friends, I want to leave you with a quote. This is from Charles A. Dana regarding the Bible. He says, the grand old book still stands and this old earth, the more its leaves are turned and pondered, the more it will sustain and illustrate the pages of the sacred word. So my friends, keep reading historical fiction and biblical fiction and the actual Bible, and I will talk to you again next week.